Welcome to the CEO Stylist Podcast, where two unlikely CEOs come together and rewrite the narrative of what it means to be a CEO stylist. Yvanka Loria and Kirsten Harris are on a mission, giving stylists permission to join the movement of artists breaking the mold of what is meant to be for the hair industry and creating the life and schedule of their dreams. Fast forward through many failed attempts and lessons learned in the process, it's time to level up the playing field. It's time to call BS on what's been done before. Yvanka and Kirsten are ready to share it all, defying the odds of the industry and teaching you how to do the same. Welcome back, listeners. My name is Kirsten and I've got my beautiful friend, Yvanka here. Hi, guys. How are you? So we're at episode three and today we're going to talk about marketing. Actually, no, we're not, we're not just going to talk about marketing. We're going to talk about how effective marketing can really drive growth in business. And it's such a broad topic. It really is a broad topic and so much so. I mean, this is what my business does, but I've also made lots of notes so I can make sure that I cover every aspect, you know, of knowledge that I have without making this boring for our listeners. So, you know, people say, what is marketing? I want to really explore that today and describe and explain the various types of marketing mm-hmm. in and business. Help break it down. Yeah. So feel free to chime in and ask me any question you like, yo, along the way. Sounds good. So you can pretend that you're- You know, you know marketing is one of my favourite topics. Yeah. Okay. So what's mark? Let's start off. What's marketing to you? Well, if you asked me about three years ago, it would have been very different to what it is today. All right. I think three years ago when I got in, you know, and I was at that time when Instagram was really our source of marketing. It was only mm. a part, you know, a little piece to the puzzle. Yeah. Um, and the more that I got into marketing, the more that I dove- deep into all aspects, you know, digital marketing, back-end marketing, um, email marketing, like it's so broad. And I think also someone like yourself who came in um, and Dom, I've got a couple of, you know, high-level marketers that really, really opened my mind to what marketing actually is and what organic marketing is to paid marketing. So I think it'll be really good once we dive into, you know, what levels or what stages of business Mm. can you tap in to marketing. And I think someone that really welcomed it with open, open arms. And it's so funny because in the beginning, like I'll break down what marketing was to me and it was a little bit more outside of digital yes. marketing and it was something, you know, like joint ventures and collaborations and social media and things like that. That's where I started off with marketing. I think it'll be really cool to break down the complete aspects of what you bring to the table with marketing and how it's evolved and even today it's continuously changing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna, I've got a question for you before mm-hmm. I launch into explaining all the different types of marketing available. What is it that was the most successful for driving growth in Yvonne Laurie extensions? Again, I think it started off with Instagram and mm-hmm. social media. That's the first port of call because yeah. I feel like people find you on social media. And then what happens is you really need to plug into every single touch point of marketing because mm-hmm. then they head over to your website. They have a look at your website and they have a look at you know, is it resonating with what you're, you know, saying on social media? So it connects, it all interconnects. Mm. And that's why I feel like every single touch point counts to that elevated client experience. So when you say touch point, you mean from a client's perspective, every touch point that they have in is your connected business. to marketing yeah. before they even sit in your chair. Right from 
I'd say right from like, yeah, Instagram, online booking, email marketing, the whole yeah, the whole experience. How they find you on and Google. And they find you. Yeah. Because I'll tell you what also happens coming from an artist or a service provider. Yeah. By the time if you can convey your message clearly mm. and continuously, by the time that they sit in your chair, guess what? Your work's already yes. half the, you know, half the work's Absolutely. already done for you. And then you can show up in a beautiful way where you can operate and do what you do best because automated process of marketing is what's so genius Mm -hmm. about what's available. And I think a lot of artists or service providers from what I know haven't really tapped into the complete realm of marketing. So I think it's good um, for you to start on explaining what digital marketing actually is. Let's blow this up. So it's not just digital Digital. marketing. I'm going to go marketing first of all. I think let's talk about all the different aspects of marketing and then we might branch into specifically what my business does. But, you know, marketing refers to the process of creating and communicating and delivering and ultimately exchanging offerings of value to a customer. That's really what marketing is. What's the various types of marketing that we have available? Well, of course, digital marketing. So digital marketing is through social channels, um, social media, email, search engines, website and mobile apps. That's what digital marketing is. So if you think about that broadly, look at within digital marketing, social media, just as an example, look at the various aspect avenues that we've got. So that's why, you know, my business is digital marketing strategy, but there's so many other avenues that you can go down. You know, there's something else called content marketing. So content marketing is creating and sharing valuable, relevant and consistent content to attract and retain a certain customer base. So that's, you know, content marketing is another aspect of marketing. Then we've got social media marketing, which most of our listeners will know because we're 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 pretty much on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook most of the time, um, Twitter for some businesses, LinkedIn for some businesses, but that's a, a, a way in which we can promote services. Then we've got influencer marketing. Have you ever tried influencer mm-hmm, marketing? Sure have. How did that go for you? For me, I found working with micro influencers mm-hmm. worked for me yeah. rather than I did um, tap into a few high level influencers and that didn't always go down as well. And I think it really comes down to like now I'm in a position where I do have a few micro influencers, mm-hmm. but they really love what we're offering. Yeah. So it kind of can get a little bit blurry yes. if they're doing it just to get paid. Yes. You know, and I think, you know, everyone's so savvy now. Clients out there, people that are watching, they're getting, they're, they're tuning in to who's doing it for the money and who's doing it because they genuinely love the product. I think more authentic. Yeah, absolutely. So let me explain. Influencer marketing is leveraging the power of other people's social media. So we've got what Yo was just talking about, micro-influencers versus macro-influencers. I think in today's world, to be more natural in your approach, micro-influencers are definitely the way to go. But being strategic, I know in my businesses I've been caught before where That's right. someone with a big profile and we rank them based on their followers and the mistake that common is quite common, I've been there, I've done it, you go, oh my God, they're beautiful, they've got the hair, they've got the look, they're on brand. And then it's not until, you know, better off three comes or along. four months. No, it's not even that. You're three or four months down the track of mm. and they're not, of they're doing, not doing business what they're and they're not to. delivering. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not their fault. It's just 
when you start looking at their insights and you realize that 95% of their followers are not your target market. 100%. Yeah. So I'm like really cautious now Mm -hmm. about subscribing to influencer marketing for that reason. Likewise. Yeah. Email marketing is another journey. That's another big passion of mine um, and something I'll I'll talk a, a little bit more about. But that really is, you know, we've all been in that position where we've experienced a service with a business and you never hear from them again. The power of email marketing and people say, oh, email is out, it's done. But, you know, it depends on what your expectations are around that. So I always say to my clients, if you can get a 20 to 25% open rate on an email, you're winning. Mm. It's just a it's, part of the marketing it's machine. It's part of marketing. It's not program. the, it's I not like the, how you phrased it. It's not the marketing. No. But it's part of. It's part of, of, it's part of the touch points and how right. we open this podcast. Event marketing is another journey that some businesses will take. So it involves trade shows, VIP nights, conferences, product launches. I mean, in the hair industry, hair and beauty industry in particular, they're they're epic at doing product launches. I mean, they pretty much have a party for any new product or, you know, brand that they're launching. Um, so I think we've all at trade shows, we have annual trade shows every year. So that's another way of, you know, form of marketing. Direct marketing. So direct marketing is through individual consumers. Um, so that's like a B to C concept. And then there's brand marketing. So strong brand identity and promoting it through various marketing channels to establish a positive reputation. So that's kind of like what I thought of in terms of aspects of marketing. But I really wanted to shine the light today on digital marketing because I think that that's a concept that's relevant to all of us that are listening, you know, and it's such a broad term and there's so many different strategies to it. So let's unpack that. You happy to do that? A hundred percent. I mean, you've probably got just as much experience mm-hmm. as what I do in in parts of this through growing your brand as well. Sure. Like it's had epic growth over the, the last five years. The strategy is the key. The strategy is the the key. And ultimately, you need to, an effective and a successful marketing campaign starts with who are you selling your services mm-hmm. to? So identifying who your audience is, is really key. That's what I've noticed with a lot of the businesses that I work with. They're really unsure about who their market is. 100%. And so they want to be, you know, that old saying, jack of all trades, master of none. And it's I know it can be really... <laughs> <laughs> wonder where we heard that from. <laughs> it can be really scary when you go, this is what my audience is going to be. It doesn't mean that it's your entire client base, mm-hmm. but it needs to resonate with majority of your audience. And can I just go back and import, interject here? Yeah. You know, helping mainly even our industry and outside of our industry understand even what a client avatar is. I, th- mm. I think when I first heard that term... I didn't actually realise the power behind that little project of completely understanding who your target market is. Yes. Because to me, once I went through that process, which we can touch on as well, how that works, but it was also like a form of manifestation for me because once you get really clear on who your market or who your target, you know, audience is, you end up attracting that person rather than waiting for that client to come That's to you and find you because then you're not really aligning with someone that aligns with your values and what you want to do. You're really at the beck and call of what their expectations are. Yeah, client avatar. So that's that's definitely a journey that I start all my clients with. And 
a lot of people do question the process. Why? Like why when I've already got an established business, am I doing this? You should know this, Kirsten. You're the you're the marketer. But it's different for everyone. And I can guide, but what happens if I'm wrong? You know, running a digital marketing agency, I could be right off tap in terms of focusing on that target market. So it is, you're right. It's really about manifesting, even if it's not the right client today, it's transitioning to that. It's like, who do you want to be? And I can speak from experience from blow dry bar days where that market, that client base that we had was not our future client base. And And that was scary. That was scary. Like that was a scary proposition to go, that's not who I want to attract in the future. What did we have to do to transition to that? It was really about focusing on who were we going to target that's right. And if you get down to the nitty gritty, it's mm. it's insane when you can actually, it's like almost sharing what interests you mm. into who your client's going to be because it's like it goes down to, you know, pinpointing where do they shop? What yeah. do they wear? Where do they like to eat? Who yeah. do they like to hang out? What's their interest? Mm-hmm. And I think when you start pairing all those little details is really effectively you're putting out people Again, like I said, that are your client base yes. that fill your creative cup. And I think I sent you a message the other day. Remember, we often speak about this. It really does come down to when you're servicing anyone and everyone. Hang on, let me bring this up because it was really important. <laughs> Remember when I... We do chat a lot though, right? Like nearly every day. I know, and clearly I don't have and problems And we're not talking phone. about maths. I know that because you don't watch it. So okay. I can't share that story with you. So we have to talk about meaningful subjects. <laughs> and, I, and I remember dealing with clients that didn't align with our values. It, ultimately what it does, it creates more chaos. Mm. And then you it end really up getting does. so depleted. Like by the end of the day, you could have, you know, 10 clients who are not aligning with you and how much more exhausted do you feel at the end of the day mm. rather than having less clients but clients that you actually connect with and what happens to you at the end of the day. We've spoken about this many times. You're like, I can actually work... 10 times harder and I'm nowhere near as tired. Mm-hmm. That's it. Because you're loving, because well, you're, you're loving, you're that loving energetic, what you're attracting You're as loving well. that energetic transaction mm. that we speak about and that yeah. connection and it really does come down to that one simple, you know, phrase of knowing who your target market is. So you found that when we did that together, that mm-hmm. client avatar, although you've got a very established business and I'm, I'm certain that you're 99% on point with your client base. But what what did you learn about that process of building out that client avatar? Oh, it was it was great. It's always a great process because you look back two years from now and it continuously changes and mm. it evolves. So you keep dialing it in. I think it's a really good exercise to do, you know, every what what would you recommend? Every couple of years. Every couple I think, of years. I definitely. Because you have ev- you evolve and grow in that time. Yeah. And it might not be like I always recommend you might have one to maybe even three different client avatars, as long as the message is different for each. And that majority of yours comes from that, you know, that core avatar. So that's going to drive most of your business. Um, that's really important. But yeah, it, it's an interesting journey. It, uh, it's We use that, like we don't do it for shits and giggles. We do it for intentional reasons. We use that data and we build out essentially your avatar your audience, you know, in Facebook, in Meta. So that's what we're using that for. So, and the more love and the more knowledge you can give Meta, 
the more successful you'll be. And just to touch on that as well, do you want to explain what Meta actually is? So, Well, Meta business is really what was known as Facebook business. So they changed their name a couple of years ago now. So it's now Meta. So it's all owned by the same. So you mean like Instagram? Yes. All the the major. So Meta business, Meta owns, well, Meta is Facebook. And Instagram, not TikTok though. No, not TikTok. So TikTok is owned by... Um, a business called, oh, a business, a brand, a company actually. I mean, this could be a bit of a scandalous conversation <laughs> given if anyone watched 60 Minutes a week ago. But TikTok is a Chinese brand. So, you know, there's a lot on going on in publicity mm-hmm. in the media at the moment about the intention behind TikTok. And we can talk about that down the track. But yeah, that's Dance Bite. That's, that's, they produce the stats for that. So, Meta produces stats for Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So fascinating. We'll pause on we'll pause on TikTok. We might come back to that if we have time because it's a pretty interesting topic. So let's talk about digital marketing. Unpack that as one of the aspects of of marketing. And that's this is my most favorite avenue. Uh, I think it's relevant to most people almost every business, if not every business out there should be doing some form of digital marketing. And I'm not suggesting all of it. All I want to do today is really educate our listeners on all the different aspects of digital marketing and they and can choose. And when to know, when to, yeah, when to choose and when to switch it on. Yeah. When to switch it off. That's and it. How it all works. You know, one funny thing I've noticed since I've worked solidly in marketing is the acronyms and all this special code language that marketers use. And I really want to, I want to dumb it down because, you know, if I say SEO, some may know what that means. A lot might not know what that means. And I think, you know, we're as business owners, we're supposed to know what all of this language and lingo is. You know, SEO is search engine optimization. So it involves optimizing your website and content to rank higher. So in search engines like Google. So most of us, if not all of us, have heard of Google searches or SERPs is a acronym that they use. So that's SERPs is searching by relevant keywords. So some of us may have done a subject of doing keywords or when you're having your website built, you will import uh, keywords into your website. And some haven't got there yet. So it's definitely, it's never too late. I believe that a website that's already fleshed out and and operating, if they don't, if they haven't gone through that process of identifying what their keywords are some point. for improving their SEO or mm-hmm. their search engine optimization, then it's never too late. Why would you do it? It's really about getting eyes on your page. So again, it's around that brand awareness and, you know, to gain more leads and ultimately more sales. That's really as simple as it is. It's not for everyone, you it know. All but interconnects. Do you, I think you do SEO in Absolutely. your business. Yeah. Content marketing. Content marketing is another one. Um, so it involves creating and distributing valuable content such as blog posts, articles, videos. You're great at videos. Infographics. Again, to attract and engage the right audience. So it's, you know, I think blogs are really an underutilized resource. Again, we use blogs for keywords. So we input keywords into blogs. So let's say you have 10 or 12 keywords. We make sure that we've got at least 50% of them featured in a blog post. 
That way, when you've got SEO and someone searching, and for, someone that, searching for that topic, it. it leads back mm-hmm. to your blog or your page or wherever you want to target. So it's quite clever. You know, it's really intuitive. Social media marketing, of course, most of us are using social media platforms. So Facebook, Instagram, good old TikTok, um, and some are better at it than others. So that's that's probably the first place I go to when I engage with a, a, a new client we always look at their social media marketing. Of course. Can I ask you a really important question? Sure. Do you feel like also with this generation, everyone's so heavily focused on social media that they're putting all this overwhelm and stress and pressure and they're forgetting about systemizing the back end of what you're saying, which alleviates the stress of having to put yourself on social media or your business on social media as much once you learn how to interconnect everything in the background? Yeah, but but I think it's the knowledge. Hmm. So I think that... For most, they're doing what they believe is the right, the right action for their business. So it's not until it takes, I guess, a professional to look at it and go, this is how we can merge it together. This is how we can make it look better, you know, connect the dots in essence. So, but for most, like I find a lot of businesses are really quite good at Instagram, less about Facebook. And I want to talk about Facebook and the power of that because it is a personal interest of mine. But most salons are, are pretty good at, at Instagram. It doesn't mean that they're posting every day, but they've got a basic concept of it. I definitely think that there's room for improvement. It's not until you do, as you say, connect the back end that you realize the power of getting that right or not posting at all. I think that my biggest pet peeve <laughs> is when social media accounts aren't on brand. The photos aren't are fuzzy. The videos look terrible. Like it's just little things like, you know, when you're looking at the lay of an Instagram page, the before goes before the after, you know, so when the you're little things. just those little things mm-hmm. that need to be tweaked. But I think there's so many good online tutorials to educate all of us on how to take better photos. Your girls do an amazing so job in your salon. Out there. The minute they do that, mm-hmm. the minute that they create better images, better graphics, have a stronger brand message, I do think that you will, well, it, it, you'll just by sheer fact that you're on the right path, you'll attract more of the right customers to your page. Of course. So, you know, there's nothing worse than seeing if you're a hair salon, you know, your images aren't reflective of actually what's walking out the door. Why put it up? Don't put it up at all. The notion of with Instagram, you have to have 32 hashtags, gone. We don't need to do that. In fact, you know, there's lots of businesses that don't use hashtags at all. Hashtag is, the the notion of the hashtags, it's constantly changing. Constantly. They don't like, Instagram actually don't like you overusing hashtags, right? They don't like it. They used to, Mm, but now they don't. don't. Like it's just, in fact, it works against us. So they say right now, current is about five. There's this new thing that, and I'm a bit on the fence with it about this certification, you know, being verified I believe that we're all going to be forced. I'm sure most of us have, have about read about paying it. for it. About this verification. Mm-hmm. You know, some may say it's, it's a money-making scheme. I don't think it's that. I don't think Meta really need to do that. They're already getting bang for their buck out of paid advertising. I do believe it is to address the identity theft that we have right now, but I'm on the fence about it because there's a little bit involved with doing this certification and getting this blue tick One thing that has gone out, and I've communicated this only yesterday to my customers, is 
to update your two-factor authentication. So important. So most of us would would have been using Facebook's security as the two-factor identification. But because they're moving towards a, a more intensive security with this blue tick certification, they want us to use third party now. So whether that's through SMS or a third party app like Authenticator, we definitely need to switch that on because in the next few weeks, I believe Facebook are going to turn their code generator off in their own platform. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So back to back to digital marketing. So um, we'll come back to that. But inside, I just want to touch on this. Inside social media marketing, you can do your, your posts, your posts, your videos, your reels. You can run targeted ads, all of it to drive traffic and increase brand so awareness. So when you actually say targeted ads, because there's also a big misconception, do you do it through, you know, the touch point of Instagram where it says boost your post? Definitely not. Not. No. That's right. So I always say that's like having a big pile of cash and lighting it. So no one will see your post. And I'm going to talk about that if we've got time. We'll talk about that later as to why that's a really poor way of marketing your brand. Don't don't boost post. In fact, I wouldn't even know how to do it these days. Is it even an option? <laughs> it is an option. I mean, I know it is, but yeah. It really doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. It really doesn't work. Mm. More importantly, it's sharing relevant content pieces and having strategy with your social media, not just posting because shit, you know, I haven't posted something for three days. I've got to get a message out there. But it's really about having a strategy behind your content. So an education piece, a video, uh, photos, particularly for the hair industry, I believe that more front-facing photos that we can have of our clients leaving with beautiful hair the better engagement you'll have. Like that's that's been around for a long time, but that's not going away. And we, we measure and test that. So, you know, you see, I see a lot of backs of heads in feeds. We don't want to see that as an audience. We want to see front, front facing. Don't know why, but the engagement's much higher with front facing. So there's always those tricks. Again, it's researching those social media tools to learn how to, the right angle, you know, pulling their hair forward. So let's say they're, they don't, they're not on point for a photo, don't despair. You can pull their photo with their face forward, their hair over one side of their face, shift their face side There's profile. There's really a lot of ways mm-hmm. that you can do it to still produce beautiful photos. So, but yeah, less about backs of heads, more about front facing, but just make sure it's relevant content. What else are we getting into? Email marketing, which we touched on before. So that's engaging. Um, and that's not only uh, your cold leads, which we can talk about cold leads versus warm leads, but that's also our customer base. So that's where I actually started this conversation about email marketing, where you have an experience with a business. So you never hear from them again. You walk in the front door, you have a service, you invest in that business, you like it but you never hear from them again. So we're busy people. So we forget. There's and then no follow you go through. back. Yeah. Because you'll find something better mm-hmm. on socials and you want to try that because I call it the shiny tools in the in the cupboard. You want to test it and measure everything. And this is also just touching on that. This is not where you're hammering someone's email no. and being in their face. Mm. It's just that client journey experience yeah. that continues after you've left. It's identifying who your audience is and what subjects you need. If it's not relevant to your audience, Mm -hmm. they will diss you in a heartbeat. 
So it's really getting in touch with what is it that your audience want to learn more about. That's right. And it's keeping you in the forefront. Yeah. But, and, it's, and it's different. So if, if you've had a customer that's had an experience in your business, don't forget them because they will forget you if you've forgotten them. They'll move on unless you're really good at rebooking. But, you know, I think today people are busy and they don't always want to lock down to a date, a future date. I'll call. I don't know what my schedule's like. So we've got to get on the forefront of that and make sure that they're in our schedule, (laughs) right? So it's not that they don't like you. They're just busy and they forget about it. And then, and there's so many options out there. Yeah. And then of course, you know, when they're ready to have their hair done again, they phone and what the greatest disappointment is, you're fully booked, which that's ultimately what our (laughs) aim is, right? To have everyone fully booked. Another form of digital marketing is PPC. You remember I talked about these acronyms. So PPC is pay-per-click advertising. So that involves placing ads on search engines, which I know that you do that uh, on Google and social and other social media platforms as well. So the PPC is like a, you'll get paid. Every, there's a fee every time someone clicks. So we see it. So let me explain. On Google, for example, when you might search, let's put hair extensions in. And so if someone is paying for that space, they will sit higher than a a brand with organic keywords. Now you're talking on the website. I'm talking on Google in particular. So Mm -hmm. there are other PPC um, variations like on other social media platforms, but I'm talking particularly on Google. So we've all seen that where there's sponsored ads. And and if you haven't noticed it, pay attention to... The, the space, the the logistics of how your Google works because there's three different aspects. So there's their sponsored and then we've got the right-hand side where that's your targeted brands as well. You're targeted in that particular area and then everything that falls underneath. And you see what through comes SEO. up. Through mm-hmm. SEO, yeah. So you'll see what comes up. So sponsored is above, I call it above the line. So anyone that's paying for that space that's not necessarily in your area, but they're in your community. So they're paying for that space. So let's talk hair extensions. Now I'd say someone to get a, a sponsored post with the keyword hair extensions, they'd be paying a fair amount per click to hold that data, to hold that that That's space me. within Google. Mm, well, that spot. Yeah. So that, I mean, without getting too technical, that's what PPC is. It's not for everyone. And I think a lot more has to line up within a business before you venture into Google ads. So are you saying maybe a small um, a small based salon to a medium base should look at, look into doing that? I don't think it's about the size of the salon. I think before anyone embarks on that pay-per-click advertising, get everything else, get your website on point, get all the touch points within the salon, that whole customer journey right. Before you do that. Before you, you start advertising. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, a really common thing is just fill your Google My Business page as a start point because a lot of brands I, I notice don't even, they don't put anything on their Google My, in fact, some don't even have a Google My Business page. And I like to use that for reviews, client, the power of reviews, customer reviews in order to grow a brand in a particular community. And also the reviews is what helps you land on like page one, page two, yeah, or on the first it. page, right? Yes, that's it. So, an organic, so that's not phone 50 friends today and get all of them to, <laughs> <laughs> to say nice things about you. Because you will get shut down like yes. Google or all over that 
for for good intentions too, because we've all heard of, you know, those keyboard warriors that go out there and they phone a hundred of their friends and tell them, please put a negative review on this brand. Google are all they over pick that up kind on of that. stuff. They pick up on all of that. But it's really important just to have those reviews on point and being able to feed, you know, it might be one or two times a week that you're putting something on your Google My Business, like you would your Instagram, like you would Facebook, just put something on there to get the, the message out there to your community. Another form of advertising is affiliate marketing. So that's like partnering with, you know, similar brands, other businesses, um, and that they can promote their products through, you know, your brand or vice versa. You know, I think affiliate marketing is is okay. It's probably not the first choice for me. Um, I think that we need to control our own destiny, but um, it it serves it's it certainly serves in the place. brand in the product mm-hmm. space. Affiliate marketing works really well, mm-hmm. but that's just that's not my area of skill. What is your area of skill? <laughs> <laughs> Which oh. one? All of the above. Except we had me. that awkward silence. For a minute. <laughs> so my area of skill it's digital marketing. Why am I focused on digital marketing? It's a powerful way for businesses to engage with a current audience and a future audience. And we can all do it. You don't necessarily need to outsource it, but businesses do outsource it if... Because it's too... Let's be real. I've seen the whole back-end component of it. Mm -hmm. I've tried to learn it myself so I can understand it. Yeah. But implementing it and understanding how the flows work and the the journey is you need to have someone that's skilled in it. It, And all the technical. It is. It's very technically based. I mean, Mm. it's not saying that our listeners couldn't do it themselves. It just depends on how much time they've got to invest. And the time factor is a big thing. Let's time be factor real. Is a big a thing. lot of business owners don't have that time. <laughs> We've got it's to start true. somewhere, right? Of course. The little touch points though, it's focusing on social media. That will go a long way. You know? But this goes back to how we say like when you, you know, whether you work for someone behind the chair or whether you work for someone, you know, in a business, I think, you know, we have to have some respect for these businesses that are driving this business by embarking and being open to this digital marketing because it really is driving that traffic or that right client to that salon. What is a successful marketing campaign? What does it look like? Like what are the what are the areas that we need to focus on? So for our listeners, if they weren't going to outsource, they're going to take tackle it themselves. Where do you start? When you, should we use our like what we're doing within our community and what's what's Go, worked for myself yeah. and now what we're sharing with you know, others that are coming on yeah. that are predominantly hair extension or or even, you know, if they want to promote colours or whatever it is that they're, you know, at in their business, how it works. Yes. Yeah. Do you want me to? Do you, yeah, do you absolutely. Want me to, I've got some notes here. And the way we break it down is, first of all, reach. So digital marketing allows businesses to, you know, to have a global an reach. And untapped. Untapped. But let's like hamper it down to go, okay, you want to reach a community, a certain audience within your community. I mean, a salon, unless they're for your, I guess for Yvonne Calori extensions, you're targeting Australia-wide because you've got an education component. So you can, your reach is far bigger than someone that runs a salon, owns a salon in a local community. You've got to be really on point because you've got a lot of noise and a lot of competition in a small area. So your reach is not as broad. Does that make sense? For sure. Yeah. I don't even know if I've answered your question now. (laughs) Targeting as well. So targeting is, which we've talked about before, we've covered that before in our avatar. But the other reason why I love 
uh, digital marketing, it, it is cost effective. And we can we can talk about that. Like I, it's way more cost effective to me than TV, print, magazines. Of course. And you can also billboards. You can also track the conversions. You can track and that and that's the next thing, measurability. Mm. So it's far easier to track and measure digital marketing. So you can make data driven decisions. And the best part, my most favorite part of digital marketing is flexible. So you imagine like, and I'm in that position at the moment where I've committed to a brand and now I've decided that I want to change it. So let's say you've invested in all this print and billboards and uh, you can't, that's, it's more unflexible to change that than in a digital marketing space. If the messaging's wrong, within minutes, you, you can change point. it. Oh, you can okay. change it in digital. Like it's mm-hmm. just, if it's wrong audience, change it. Should we take them on a journey and explain how you actually, like what offer you're putting out there, how it actually works the process? Yeah, ask me a question. <laughs> so with, say you're a salon and yeah. you're, um, you know, you want to get some new clients, whether it's extensions or whether it's colours, let's use extensions. Yes. Because that's what we've been doing. How would you go about creating a campaign that works? Okay, successful campaign. Successful campaign. Right. I'm glad you asked that. First of all, define your target audience, which I think I've probably mentioned about five times now. So before you launch any successful marketing campaign, define your target audience. That is key to all of this. So in the case of if you want to, let's say you've got a, there's a salon that has never had hair extensions in there as part of their service offering. They want to do it today. Who are they marketing this to? Are they in the right demographic? Have they got the right customers? Are they going to retarget their existing client base? Or like what the position I was in, a few years ago, I need to attract a new client base. So it's really getting clear on defining that target audience. So what we were talking about before with that client avatar, their specific needs and interest. And then the next thing is setting your goals and KPIs. So what do you want to achieve? So in this case, it's I want to attract hair extension clients to my salon. So whatever the goals are, make sure they're specific and measurable. That's really important with this. So you can track your your goals and then develop your key message and creative. So hair extensions, again, what does the visual aspect And when you say like? visual, this is where you're tying it into what you're presenting on social media. Yeah, yeah. And also the actual marketing campaign itself. So whether or not it's social media, whether or not it's in salon, what email marketing, whatever that is, make sure that the visual graphics and the message is developed. That's right. To attract Then that. you align that. You use that in the back end of Meta. Yes. Yes. So then you choose your channels. So let's talk about that because I know you're busting. I'm to busting too. This is where it gets <laughs> juicy. So what's, what channels are best suited to driving that marketing campaign? So where we focus most commonly is in Meta. So Meta is covering um, Instagram and Facebook and I'm going to give some stats in a minute about Facebook because I know, you know, commonly I get feedback about, oh, Facebook's not for me. We don't use it. And I'm going to give you some compelling reasons soon as to why don't ignore Facebook yet. But choosing the channels that align mostly with your brand. So in the hair industry, we know that that Instagram's probably of, you know, of all of them, the most common. It's easy. It's within reach. We can create attractive reels and videos. We can post easily. You can do it from your phone. You don't really have to think about it, right? You got, you're a testament to that. We add then another layer to that 
in Meta. So when we're, I'll just break this down for a minute, when we're creating an ad campaign, let's say it's a paid ad campaign. So it's not featured on your social feed. It's It's going to be in the back end or a dark post is what I call it. We'll have the key messaging. It has the graphics. We build out that avatar. We're defining that. We're really clear on what that audience is. And then my ultimate goal is imagine a bucket or a funnel. We want to fill the funnel with as many cold leads as possible. I say cold leads. You're turning them into warm leads after. Well, they're cold to begin with Mm -hmm. because let's assume they've never heard of you. They don't know what you do. They They don't don't know know what what you you do. The common mistake I believe that brands make is trying to sell to that audience Mm -hmm. and they wonder why advertising doesn't work. So commonly I'll get that feedback, oh, I've tried Facebook advertising before it doesn't work. What is it that you've been doing in the past? And Like you said, I don't think there's, and even when, you know, I can come from experience because when I tried it before you, there was never really a strategy. It was more, how do I say it? Say and spray. Say and spray. Say and spray. And that didn't really work. It was when you came in and you really taught me about the strategy behind it. I was like, that's smart. Mm. This is the key. Yes. So one step at a time. So it's get your messaging right, get your graphics right, get your audience right, put that, put it out there, create that post that then my goal is for my clients is to create a funnel of leads. Leads meaning customers that we're going to retarget. And I think also this goes back into because you've obviously been on this journey where you know, Facebook has done a massive flip upside down and all the privacy laws yes. have come into place, which is yeah. why you've been studying this on another level. Yeah. And I think it's really important to share how that works with yeah. what you're doing. So years ago when I started this journey of really getting involved in Facebook advertising for my brand, we, and chatbots, everyone knows what has had some experience with a chatbot. Chatbots were relatively new and it blew up Facebook Messenger in ways in which Facebook then decided they couldn't control it. They couldn't control the outcome because what started as a way, I guess, early days of AI. I'm like badgering, badgering client. <laughs> it became like invasive yeah. into people's messengers. So they needed to, I think it was around 2020, they said, okay, where we need, they were bringing out privacy laws anyway. We need to put a stop to this in terms of because these third party platforms, such as ManyChat, these chatbots, there's a few of them out there, they aren't Facebook owned. So they couldn't control the messaging. And so they needed to, you know, they, they're all integrated. You can integrate this in with paid advertising through Meta, but they really wanted to control the outcome and make sure that their customer, their Facebook customer, wasn't being intruded by these continual messages. So then they decided, well, okay, you can use these third-party platforms as a way to market your brand, but there's some rules around it. So the first rule was, you know, if they haven't, we'd gone from being able to advertise and let's say today they've responded to an ad campaign, it ends up going through a chat bot, they're interested in it. And then six months later, we could tag because we've got that tag mm-hmm. on that customer let's say it's hair extensions and we can retarget and go hey you remember remember you us could have before could have absolutely right. it was really easy to do it and i built thousands like 23000 followers really quick when i say really quickly it took a few years but in the scheme of things it was a low entry cost low cost to build up that leads. database and then facebook came out in 2020 and said no sorry you can't do that anymore it's 
we've got privacy policies in place, which is good. Like it was, I think it needed to rein it in. Um, now you can only target your audience as long as they've responded to an ad within 24 hours. Outside of that 24-hour window, you don't have access. You don't have access. So then we had to become clever. So it took me a minute, and of course, COVID got in the way. So no one was really advertising. I mean, that would be cruel to advertise a service that no one could, you know, utilize. So that allowed some space to go. Well, what's the most effective way? And so there are some clever ways in which you can still use a bot messenger program, but I'm really clear. I don't use it to be intrusive and annoying to customers. It's really about generating data. Like I want to get their information. So the AI in, I use many chat. Can I just touch on that? When you say you want to get information, like to anyone that's listening out there, you're not getting information from people who are not looking for what you're providing. Yeah, and they, they, they have to provide consent up front anyway. So you've got to go through a whole process of, do you, you know, if you want to, let's say it's a competition that they're entering, enter a competition, they give consent to um, hand their information over. The thing is they don't have to type in an email address anymore because the AI in these picks it up, picks it up based on their Facebook profile. So you just need to get consent from them that you can use it for future marketing. If you don't do that, there's some really pretty hefty laws so we do all of that, but really it's just to drive that email address because that's key. Email address, contact details, not to badger them, but we all need leads. So we know the trigger is they respond to an ad that's of interest. We know that they're- They're, they're looking a, for them. They're looking, they're a cold audience that's responded to an ad. We're going to turn them into a warm audience and then hopefully into a client. That's right. That's, that's really- That's the key. That's the strategy. That's the key. That's the strategy. How you do that, Facebook, use chatbot in the background purely just to collect that data, then turn that into a, an email marketing journey. And then, then you take them, you take them, them the off summer. meta and you put them into your own email marketing campaign. Email marketing yeah, campaign. and then always the CTA or the call to action, invite them. Invite them in for a service. Give them a reason why they should try you. Give them a reason why they should be investing in, in your business. That's the simplified way. <laughs> That's a very, very easy way, I think, for people to understand. And it makes so much sense. Yeah. And it really, really does work. And do you want to touch on also how you were able to build your business, you know, the percentage-wise from when, um, you know, the salon owners were going from zero clients into years where they built their business 300%. You're talking my history? Former, your history. Yeah. So, again, that was we uh, – I'd made a decision that we were going to – be a hair extension business. I wanted to be, for business reasons, we wanted to uh, really niche in something and and that my choice was hair extensions. We currently didn't have that market. Like we probably had less than 2% of our customer base having hair extensions and they weren't even extensions. We needed to- Create that market. Create, we needed to shift their focus to, you know, to have invest in something that was 250% higher value than what they were currently having. That's that's what we were dealing with. So really it was about building out the brand awareness first, the reasons why we were going, the features and benefits of this, of what was your hair extension line? Let's be real, right? So the features and benefits of of Yvonne extensions, why, why we would use them, what's in it for the client. Internally, the message to our key stakeholders was from a business point of view, like 
it was it made good business sense to invest in this brand because they were going to make much better money out of it. But for the client, the client, it's really important what's in it for the client. Why would they spend two thousand dollars on ex- extensions and color when they were getting something for? I don't know, $400. So it's really mapping out the features and benefits and what they would get. And it was a win-win. We just, the key was having the right target audience. And how long would you say the whole, that whole building timeframe talk? Oh, it's not like, it's Because it's different for everyone. It is different. Like if today, even if I had a customer that came to me and said, this is what I, I want to absolutely match that, be patient. Like it's, it's a year. Because at the end of the day, minimum. Yeah, minimum. Even it, does, it takes longer now because there's, you know, we've got a, a lot, lot more, more clever comp- marketers. That's right. A out lot there. more competition out there's there. There's a lot more competition. You know, I think we're definitely riding a wave, aren't we? Like it's, you know, long hair is not going out of fashion. So our consumers are becoming more educated because there are more brands that are tapping into this. So it's really about being clever and being on point in every aspect, not just let's just post something to social and hope that, That's right. you know, we're going to have get good that. intentions behind it. Yeah. So it really, I think the key is being patient with all of that and making sure that you're, you've got every touch point in your business set up for success. Yeah. It makes so much sense. I wanted to give you some stats on Facebook because one question that I get asked and I've just literally downloaded this. So this is like hot off the press for... And can I just say like... Three years ago, looking back, I was that snob, remember? I was like, oh, I don't get my clients from Facebook. Yeah, that's it. Mine I are still, just from Instagram yeah. until I realised how it all ties in. That's it. That's it. I'm going to, I'm, I, this, I have to read this because this is hot off the press because obviously with new data, it's changing all the time. So this is up until February 2023. So literally what, five weeks ago. So you know, one of the things that I wanted to know was how many Facebook users do we have globally right now? Are you ready for it? Billions. (laughs) So number of Facebook users in the world. So these are, this is not someone that has a Facebook account. This is active users on a daily basis. So there's a difference, right, between, you know, someone having a Facebook account and those active daily users. So active daily users. What is that? is 2.963 billion. Insane. Globally. So now let's go to Australia because at the end of the day, that's what we're focused on. So what's the population in Australia today? 20, 21? 26. Oh no, 20, 26 million. I think we're we should at. have a long. It is? Yeah, yeah, I think we're at 26 million. So there were 25.31 million internet users in Australia at the start of 2023, 25.31 million users. So Australia was home to 21.3 million social media users up until the end of February 2023, equating to 81% of our population. Is on Facebook. Now, remember, technically speaking, social media accounts can't be owned by anyone under 18 for some, 14, I think, or 13 or 14 for, for some accounts. So of that, of the 21.3 million social media users, 54% were female and 45% were male. How's that? Crazy. Yeah, crazy. So let's talk about meta data right now. So meta, again, just for our, our audience, is meta owns Facebook and Instagram. So meta advertising resources indicate that Facebook had 14.9 
million users in Australia up until the end of February. 14.9 million users on Facebook alone. So Facebook ad reach. So that's when you're applying money to an ad campaign, which is what we do. Ready for it? This will blow your mind. Talking about those that say that Facebook doesn't work, 56.6% of advertising is done through Facebook as of the end of January. There you go. Yeah. So Instagram has 11.65 million users. Do you think that's because it's ran, it's run through Facebook? Because you can't run those ads through the back end of Instagram. It's actually run and set up through. You can do separate advertising. but it's target, but it's all run through Facebook. Yeah, it's all run through Meta. Yeah. So you can decide that you're just going to do paid advertising on Instagram or paid advertising on Facebook, which I imagine there'd be some brands. So, that I do find it. that so fascinating because even hearing my daughter the other day, I was supposed to put up photos on Facebook and she's like, mom, I thought you were cool. You can't put photos <laughs> up on Facebook. But it just goes to show that yes. there is, you know, a position. I mean, we haven't even spoken about Snapchat and that's probably mm. a generational thing, but my daughter... She's nearly 17. She's using it still or not really? She, she uses Snapchat every day, mm. but in a different way. So It's more to connect, I They're feel. connecting because they don't talk. They don't mm. phone their friends. I mean, do you remember the day, I'm really going to show my age, <laughs> where we'd grab the phone and with the, on the long co- extension cord and shut ourselves in our bedroom and phone? Mm. Like, yeah. Anyway, our kids are not doing that. They're not even really talking there. I, I watch what my daughter does. <laughs> like they are taking photos and it's without text. So, and there's the, they've got their own unwritten rules about this on messaging, off, I don't know what it is. I don't really understand Snapchat, but that generation aren't really driven yet to use Facebook. Will they be in the future? I mean, a lot of that depends on what they choose to do in their business. But I Facebook is still so untapped in terms of paid advertising campaigns. It's definitely a different platform it's a generational thing in terms of using it to connect. Our kids are never going to use Facebook really to connect, but using it as a platform to drive business and generate is a whole different thing. Yeah, is different. Yeah. So Instagram had eleven point six five million users, which is massive, um, and with Instagram ad reach in Australia was forty four point three percent, which is huge. And then TikTok. So this is. Figures produced by ByteDance, which they own uh, TikTok, they had 8.3 million users aged 18 and above. Oh, I thought it would have been more for TikTok. Mm. There, there you go. go. So I have no paid stats because I don't think they release that mm-hmm. data. <laughs> I don't think they want us to know that. That's true. So we talked about TikTok before. What's your view on TikTok? Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with TikTok. Mm. I know it's there and, you know, we've decided to to join the platform and I think it has its place because, again, it's very fast. It's very moving. But I haven't seen, honestly, the benefits yet. Mm. Maybe one or two clients from it. But it's it's definitely a place. So it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years. My brain doesn't process TikTok. Mm. Like it's just so over the top for me. Yeah. And also when, you know, every second or third photo is dancing and it just becomes really, I don't know, it just dumps it down for me. I know that there's a place for it. What do you feel about TikTok? I don't know. Like, I, I guess if we ignore, for anyone that listened to 60 Minutes a couple of weeks ago where they're, they're talking about, you know, TikTok was designed to 
I guess, dumbed down, exploits. Mm-hmm. You know, it's users and followers. That's kind of scary if we place too much focus on that. But let's look at TikTok as a platform. I, I've i done TikTok courses. And again, I, for my business, I've decided it's not relevant. It's not something I'm going to drive. But I know that, you know, we all know those TikTok accounts where they're, they're making some serious money out of TikTok that's again coming down to that brand influencer. You know, they become macro influencers on on a platform. But again, I think if you decide to use TikTok, and I know you use it in your business where they'll produce videos and then share it across to Instagram, which you can do, and that a lot of brands are doing that. Personally, I wouldn't do it that way. I create reels. A, it kind of defeats the purpose yeah. of producing content the same and then just sharing it across. Yeah. Because it's very different. What you're able to do on TikTok is a little bit more... Light, light-hearted and a little bit more fun and it's just a completely different way of presenting how you can show up, right? Yeah, that's it. I would leave TikTok to TikTok. Mm. Like I would leave and not share it across other platforms and create videos and reels using the tools within Instagram. And Instagram actually like that. They prefer to they use... They prefer They don't that. like you to use... They don't like you using third party and definitely not TikTok. Like... <laughs> They don't like I that. I think you're seeing a lot less of that on Instagram as well. Mm. And for me, I feel like it's just native because I've been so used to Instagram. What I'm finding on TikTok, I'm finding on Instagram. So to me, I haven't really made that complete shift. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. It will be. Haven't they just spoken about banning it a few well, times? Well, they are definitely, I, I guess what they've revealed is that there's a serious invasion of, there's a security risk. That's what they're talking about right now. So I believe as of the last month, they've decided to shut down TikTok in terms of government officials or any, you know, relevant politician because of where they believe. It's just, it's it's an opinion. It's not, you know, it hasn't hasn't been confirmed. And I also think, like, if you have a look at, like, you know, the younger generation, they're like, do this because it will make you go viral. And is viral, it's, you know, it will help, you know, put you out there, but is it generally the clients that you want to attract? Mm. Are they going to convert to clients? So you've got to ask yourself, what's the reason that you're doing it for? And there are a lot of salon owners. I've seen a lot of salon owners that are doing awesome things on TikTok. Awesome things. Like the the one that they're doing now with, you know, consultation. Like I love that one. Mm. That one's real. It's raw. But anything that's, you know, like a little bit too over the top, like dancing and you've got to be a comedian and yeah. you got to, it, it just, it doesn't sit with everyone. And it's, it's entertainment. okay if you do it, it's entertainment, mm. 100%. But does it lead to business? I don't know. <laughs> that's right. I don't know. We've got to pull the stats on that one. Well, I was going to ask you something about your tips because I know that, you know, I love Yvonne Loria branding and I love, what you guys are doing on social media, but what is your key? Like, apart from the fact, I know your girls are all really good at it. What's your top tips for managing this from a salon perspective? It took us a lot of time. I think also now I'm in a position where I can get help because for me, when I first started, you know, photos were the thing and then it went over to videos, which I'm really good at editing videos, but then the whole real thing and coming up with reels, it can get a little bit overwhelming. I'm sure a lot of business owners, you hear that mm. um, as well, that it can get overwhelming, but it's really understanding your core pillars. And we have, you know, our context. What's it called, Kirsten? That thing that you can download that, you know, that that digital... Scheduling? That scheduling. A scheduling tool? So we have a scheduling tool. Right. That's really helped us get really clear 
on what messaging. And now we've got all these notes where we, you know, I download some ideas, we get together weekly. Um, so we're really, really conscious of what we're putting out there. We're not putting out just, you know, anything for the sake of putting it out. I think also when you start building a brand, um, you've got to, you, you know, you have to be a little bit more mindful. Mm. I know there's also that talk of just put out, there's a whole group of people that say, just put it out there. It doesn't matter what it is. I don't. I disagree. I disagree yeah. as well yeah. because to me, um, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Yes, but it has to. Ha- it has to be intentional. Yeah, and it has to be thought out. Has to be relevant. To has what to be it is relevant to what attracting. it is. So I feel like now we've got that fine. You know, we've fine tuned it, and we're still always working on it. But I think you know, it's just the positive response of the clients that you know, come in and it's always we found you on Instagram mm. for us. There you go. Unless we're doing target marketing. But, but that all helps though. So they don't helps. say if it's a sponsored ad. See, they're, they're they the, don't even they're know the little that it's thing. a sponsored ad. Exactly. So That's they're right. the little things that they miss. So a sponsored ad is paid advertising on Instagram as opposed to, you know, your your Instagram page that you're just pushing out content on. Both of it helps. For us, it all ends up back to Instagram. Whether yeah. they find us through paid yeah. you know, content on Facebook, it it drives back down to our Instagram. Yes. Then it drives back down to our website. And then, like I was saying before, I think because one thing with me, and you know me, like even now putting myself out there on social media is a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. It's a love-hate relationship. Do I do it? Absolutely. But I don't I don't overkill it. I don't want to be – I never set out to be an influencer to me, I always wanted to be influential in business. And I think that's a key thing. And I think once you realize that strategy behind it, you get so clear on it. And because you have also accessibility to email marketing, you're not so focused just on Instagram. Mm, that's it. And I think that's the key. It's taken away that overwhelm because in the background, you're constantly working on that email flow and that connect connecting with that new client. You know, to give you an example, to bring it back, our business for the last, you know, two years can safely say we drive around 20, 20 new clients a month, which is like huge and massive. massive yeah. So it really allows you to grow in a way to be able to show up where, you know, you've got that constant flow of new clients. And, you know, some clients are willing to wait. You know, a lot of a lot of the time we, we can be booked out or have a wait list from anywhere you know, six to eight weeks. Remember wow. before when you first started, how long did you have to wait? <laughs> Three months. Three months. <laughs> Three months. <laughs> Three months to get in. And ultimately it ends up, you know, some clients just don't get it. They're like, mm. why do I have to wait? But the more that we've tapped into this marketing, the more clients are happy to wait. And if they're not happy to wait, they're really not the right clients for mm, us. That's it. Um, and, you know, we're just so fortunate that with our brand, we've been able to build um, and teach, you know, so many. We have now, I think, around 30, 35 stockists in Adelaide. Mm. So it's created. Now I'm not doing it just for ourselves. Now yes. we're also doing it for our greater community because we also have a website where they can log on and, um, you know, locate a stylist that's trained in our hair and our methods. So it's not only helping us, but it's also helping our community as well. So it's like a, a ripple effect. Yeah. Um, so smart. So smart. Yeah. So in terms of platforms, what platforms are your girls using? Are they using a scheduling tool or scheduling, you know, this, I guess this is really trying to make it as easy as possible. So for our listeners, where would they go first? What tools do they need to really give, let's say they're going to give their Instagram a glow up? What do you think? So I think for um, the scheduling tool that we use is Planoli, Mm -hmm. because that way you can plan it out 
I think for me, that's what I was going to say. In the beginning, I struggled to put myself on camera. It really did take a lot of time and a lot of hypnotherapy <laughs> to get over it. But one thing I must admit, I was really good at copywriting. Yeah, so writing. you're very good at that. And I think I've taught a lot of our community as well. Instead of looking at a photo or a video and then trying to think of what content you're going to write, mm. we teach inside of our community to really um, build out your copywriting so really sit out and plan out, you know, your pillars. What are your core pillars? Mm -hmm. You know, for us, just to give you an example, as is, you know, education, um, you know, makeovers, wellness, a little bit about personal branding. Mm -hmm. So all ties in into that. And then I break break down content writing. So you so touch on each of your pillars I touch within on, the week in your content I do writing? it monthly. Right. So what I do, we have a running Google Docs. And I sit and I write content. And I, I was even doing that before I had my girls. Right. Because I think, you know, this is a good little exercise even before they get to work with someone like a digital marketing mm. agency. If you don't have your key messaging, yes. no one's going to be able to create it for you. And I think that's what a big disconnect is. So what we teach is sit and write and really think about from your core what you're trying to say, who you're trying to speak to, write out your copy deck writing because then when you match up that video or that photo, you've already got your key messaging it. and it just simplifies it and it makes it a lot easier rather than looking at something and then thinking, I hear it all the time and I'm sure you do as well, where everyone's like, I just don't know what to say. Meaning like they've got a photo of a balayage a and they're like, they've got to talk about the balayage where... That's like, right. And really... it's very linear the way that they speak about yes, it. Yes, yeah. I think when you're you... talking about core pillars in terms of the why, the how. The why, the how. Yeah. Because that will build out your copywriting mm. that will filter through not just your social media, it filters through your website, it filters through all your copywriting. Yeah. So before, like I was saying, when that client, by the time they get to work, they're sitting in your chair already saying, you do what you think. Mm. It, it kind of sets you up um, and it alleviates that stress. I remember before when you don't have that marketing in play that you're having you know, that extra resistance from that client because they're unsure. You take control of that messaging. They're really coming to you as, you know, a specialist and, you know, it's like you when you go, you know, pick a doctor or you go pick someone and how many times do you go sit there? You don't tell them what, what they're doing. No, you no. go there and you're like, what do you think I should do? Okay, so that's being an authority in a particular, that's what you're trying to say in a particular subject. Sure. And I think also like you've touched on a really interesting point because it kind of brings back memories of my salon days where you get a photo of a before and after and it might be a lived-in blonde or whatever and you feel compelled to talk about the colour, blah, 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 boring, boring, boring. And it's like everyone's doing that and who cares? It's really about that, you know, the authority on the subject of ultimately what would make them come to your salon for a service. So have we touched on everything? I, I feel we like have. we could go on forever with this one. I just wanted to wrap it up by saying that don't get stuck in the overwhelm. I get a lot of that are at that point where they're like, I just need help and I need, I need it now. And it's really having patience and just turning on one thing. If you can master one thing at a time, like, you know, of all the messages that we've brought to you today in this podcast, it's really go and be a master in Instagram. Go and do something really cool in your own Instagram. Don't copy what others, don't follow trends. Do what you believe is centered to your brand and your pillars in essence is what Yo was saying. And, you know, if you need to outsource it, then, of course, always outsource the areas that 
are beyond your capacity to to look after. So that's where a digital marketing agency comes into play. So yeah, we're here to help. So we hope that this information has helped. Um, if you're wanting to know more and you're wanting to speak to Kirsten, how do they how do so they, they get? So they can get in touch. Oh, sorry, I cut you off there. <laughs> <laughs> they can get in touch with us uh, through through our socials, which is BDB Group on Instagram, BDB Group dot AUS for Oz. Or they can reach out to us on email, good old email, because that's not wasted on me. Hello at bdbgroup.com.au. And of course, our website is www.bdbgroup.com.au. That's right. And they can also have a discovery call with you where it's not not set in stone. Not set in stone. I'm always up for a chat. Love talking to new people. I really, you know, I'm here to serve our hair and beauty industry. So, you know, in in ways in which that, you know, if we can surprise and delight our clients as well and really ease that burden, um, you know, my mission is to free up some time to salon owners. And help them on a, on the path to success in a way that someone that's actually been a part of a salon, I think yes. that's the key thing because I know I've worked with a ton of marketers and a ton of digital marketing agency. And I think for me, that's why I never worked because that was that disconnect. You understand firsthand, you've built salons from the ground up. Yeah. And I think that's really, really important. And it's also the language, going back to what I was saying a few minutes ago around, I think marketers have this language that's unrelatable to a lot of people. We feel like we need to know it as business owners, but it's, you know, it's simplifying the terms. And you've got, you bring the best of both worlds. Yeah, there and you go. can really help. Thank you. Thank you so much to everyone for listening today. We hope to see you on the next podcast. You have an amazing day. We'll see you on the other side. See you, friends. Bye.